the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. So right now we're going to continue with this discussion. Sam, uh, what else, what other evidence the Quran and Islamic sources have, for that matter, concerning this doctrine? Yeah, well, <clears throat> we, we ended it with the list of the true prophets of God, how the Quran acknowledges the true prophets of God were sinners who knew they were sinners who needed to be forgiven and even mentioned some of the sins they committed. Here we're going to talk about the false prophet Muhammad because according to Islamic tradition, he's the perfect man. Al-Insan al-Kamil. I'm sure you heard that all your life. Yeah, right? of course. Sayyid al-Mursaleen, the, the leader of the messengers. Al-Mustafa. Yeah. Right? Now, the, the problem is, is that what later Islamic tradition, tradition says about Muhammad, as the Lord Jesus loosens our tongue to speak clearly and accurately for his glory, contradicts what the Quran says. I'm just going to read what the Quran says about Muhammad needing to be purified, Muhammad who is astray, Muhammad who had to ask for forgiveness, Muhammad who is rebuked and threatened by his deity. All from the Quran... <clears throat> Let's start. Chapter 74, verses 1 to 5. Addressing, addressing Muhammad. Chapter 74, verses 1 to 5. O you, the wrapped up one, arise and warn, and your Lord magnify, and purify your garments. Now here, this is metaphorically referring to the garments that refer to sin. Garments stained with sin. Right. Is, uh, with Garments stained with sin. Purify your garments. Now, why would Muhammad need to be purified if he's sinless? Obviously, he's not. Purify your garments and flee abomination, or that which provokes God's anger. Okay, now, chapter 93, verses 6 to 7 of the Quran. Chapter 93, verses 6 to 7 of the Quran. Did he not find you, O Muhammad, an orphan <clears throat> and protect? Did he not find you straying? That's right. Did he not find you astray, that you were astray, Dalin? And he guided. Now, you being a former Muslim who spoke Arabic, this word straying, dalan, doesn't it appear, a form of this verb, appear in Surah Al-Fatiha when, uh, when you ask Allah to guide you on the straight path and not on the path of those who... Walad-dalin. Dalin. Exactly. Isn't that the word? Exactly. So wait, Muhammad was also one of the Dalin? Exactly. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, there is another chapter that says, Alam nashrah laka sadrak. Didn't we basically open your that rest? That was the next verse. Yeah. Amazing. Great minds think alike. Even though I'm better looking, he's bald like I me. Know, I'm better exactly. looking. That's why I'm hiding. But great minds think alike. See, this, um, this was the next verse. Ironically, chapter 94... Verses 1 to 7, again speaking about Muhammad. Have we not expanded your breast and removed you your burden, which crushed your back, the burden that weighed heavily down upon your back, your burden of sin, and exalted your fame? 
along with trouble comes ease. So when you are free, toil and strive to please your Lord. Now, this word, Wizrak, is used in places such as chapter 6, verse 31 of the Quran, where it says, They bear upon their backs their burden, and evil is that which they bear. Did you catch it? This burden is evil. So here the Quran saying Muhammad needed his garments to be purified. He was astray and he was burdened with evil that Allah had to remove from him. Does that sound like he's sinless? Couple more verses with the time we have. <clears throat> Chapter 80 verses 1 to 11. Now this is really shameful if you're a Muslim. Here Muhammad's God rebukes Muhammad <clears throat> for ignoring a blind man. For frowning on a blind man because Muhammad was busy trying to appease a noble of the Quraysh, of the Meccans. So as he was conversing with him, the tradition says a blind man came and Muhammad yeah. frowned him like, man, why are you bothering me? Yeah, tawalla. See, yeah, I like when he speaks Arabic, bro. There you go. Right? Let me read it. Chapter 80, verses 1 to 11. The prophet frowned on who? And turned away. Because there came to him the blind man. Can you imagine reading the Bible, Jesus frowning upon a blind man and turning away from ah. Wait, Jesus healed blind men. Which the Quran even agrees. In chapter 3, verse 49 of the Quran, and chapter 5, verse 110, it says that Jesus healed him born blind. What Muhammad do? He didn't heal anybody, and he actually frowned and turned away from a, brown, a blind man. Chapter 80, verses 1 to 11. The prophet frowned and turned away because there came to him the blind man. But what could tell you, but perchance, perhaps, he, that blind man, might have grown in righteousness. If you paid attention to him, or that he might receive admonition and teaching, might profit him. As to one who regards himself as self-sufficient, to him you attend. What a severe rebuke. To the one who's arrogant and thinks he's self-sufficient and doesn't need you or Allah, you focused on him and ignored the blind man who came seeking you. Now other verses that tell Muhammad specifically to ask forgiveness for sin. Chapter 40, verse 55 of the Quran. Chapter 40, verse 55. Then have patience, O Muhammad, for the promise of God is true, and ask forgiveness for your sin. Then bika. And celebrate the praise of the Lord in the evening and morning. So here he's told, ask forgiveness of your sin. Chapter 47, verse 19 of the Quran. And know, O Muhammad, there is no God but Allah. And ask forgiveness for your sin and for the men and women who believe. So not only ask forgiveness for your sin, but ask forgiveness for your followers who are also sinners like you. <clears throat> Chapter 4, verse 105 to 107 of the Quran. Here he's getting rebuked because of failing to do what Allah wanted him to do. 4, 105 to 107. Lo, we have sent down to you the book with truth that you may judge between mankind by that which Allah shows you. And don't be a pleader for the treacherous. Don't plead for the treacherous. And ask forgiveness from Allah, Muhammad. Don't plead with the treacherous. You shouldn't be doing that. Ask Allah for forgiveness for doing something so sinful. For your wrong intention. For God or Allah is ever forgiving, most merciful. Plead not on behalf of those <clears throat> who deceive themselves. Lo, Allah does not love one who is treacherous and sinful. Chapter 48, verses 1 and 2. Chapter 48, verses 1 and 2. Truly, we have granted you a clear victory that Allah may forgive you your sin that is past and that which is to come and finish His favor to you and guide you on the straight path. You know why this is interesting, brother? Why? Because Muhammad's God doesn't simply tell Muhammad your past sins are forgiven. Even your future sins will be forgiven, which means two things, guys. Understand the implication of this passage. 
Your past sins are forgiven. Your future sins are forgiven. Which means, number one, even Allah knows Muhammad is going to sin in the future. That's right. I mean, uh, at least he made it clear. And by the way, Al-Masihi and Murad, thank you so much for Super Chat. And uh, folks, we have somebody by the name H2O, which is, stands for water, uh, chemically speaking. Please give him a water break right yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, drown him in, yeah. in Zamzam water. But now yeah. notice, guys. Allah is telling Muhammad, you're going to sin in the future. But we're going to forgive those sins, which means that Allah has given Muhammad a blank check, right? A license to sin. Hey, Muhammad, we're going to forgive your future sins. In other words, go ahead, do what you want. You're forgiven. Isn't that like a license yeah, to blank, do what you yeah, want? Blank a check. And, and they accuse us, right? They yeah. say, oh, because your sins are forgiven, that's a license for you to do whatever. Yeah. So understand the implication, guys. Here the Quran is saying, not only will Muhammad sin in the future, but Allah is saying, don't worry about it. Your sins, even in the future that you commit, we will forgive. So that means, basically, Muhammad just got authorization. Do what you want, because I swear I'm going to forgive you. But wait, doesn't Allah also change his mind? Doesn't he abrogate what he says previously? Nasikhu Mansur. That's right. So yeah. can we really trust that Allah... Would forgive Muhammad after all when he's Khairun Makarin, the best of all deceivers? Oops, no wonder Muhammad said. I do not know, right? 46 verse 9. Yeah. Hey, follow me, even though I don't know what Allah will do with you and me. But wait, Muhammad, didn't your God tell you that your future sins are forgiven? Yeah, but hey, let me tell you something about my God. He's Khairun Makarin, oh. he's the best of all deceivers. No wonder Abu Bakr says, La amanu makrullah. I do not basically trust the trickery That's of right, God. The seat of Allah. Even if one of my feet was in, in heaven. Jannah. Wow. And not only that, that is but amazing. Another thing about Muhammad's God, he abrogates what he previously says. So though he said, My future sins are forgiven, I have no guarantee he won't abrogate that and change his mind because after all my god is the greatest of all deceivers yay come follow me hell but now no, I'm, I'm glad i don't follow you man i wouldn't even follow me if i was mom if i was mom i wouldn't even follow me one more verse chapter 9 verse 43 and then we're going to go into some of the hadith statements chapter 9 verse 43 allah forgive you muhammad this is a rebuke 943 allah forgive you muhammad why did you grant them exemption until those who told the truth were seen by you in a clear light and you knew the liars? Now, just a quick summary of some of Muhammad's filthy, wicked, immoral sins, which shows why he needed to be forgiven. He lusted after his adopted son's wife, Zayd ibn Muhammad, causing Zayd to divorce her and then marrying his adopted son's divorcee, making her... Now, Zayed's spiritual mother. So can you imagine? My wife ends up marrying my adoptive father, and now she becomes my mother. What a gross, what a grotesque, what a disgusting scenario. To look at this woman that you had intimacy with, that you slept with, now as your mother. You tell me this is not a disgusting religion? That's number one. Number two, Muhammad took... A nine-year-old minor to bed who's playing with dolls and then sanctioned pedophilia for the most part. That's the second filthy, wicked, immoral sin of Muhammad. Number three, chapter four, verse 24 of the Quran. Muhammad's God gave Muhammad and his followers license to not only take captive women 
and raped them, but even married captive women whose husbands were still alive. According to Muhammad's God, Muhammad and his followers could have sex with married captive women whose husbands were still alive, and the women had no say-so in the matter. Fourth wicked, evil, immoral sin of Muhammad. Muhammad authorized, permitted prostitution, which he called temporary marriage, where a Muslim could ask a woman to marry him for three days for a sum of money, and when those three days are up and he's done enjoying her sexually, he then pays her. Today, that would be called prostitution. These are just some of the many wicked, immoral sins committed by Muhammad. So now, what about Jesus, though? What about Jesus and Mary? Well, here, let's look at what the Quran says. Chapter 19, verse 19 of the Quran. Again, if anyone is joining us right now on uh, our uh, podcast, Let Us Reason, you are listening to part two of our discussion, whether uh, Muhammad and the prophets were sinless indeed or not. Now, here's what it says. What about Jesus and his blessed mother? Were they sinners who needed to ask for forgiveness? Chapter 19, verse 19. The Spirit says to Mary... I am only a messenger of of thy Lord, that I may bestow on thee a faultless son. So Jesus is sinless, perfect, faultless. What about his blessed mother? Chapter 3, verse 42. Chapter 3, verse 42, it says, Allah has chosen thee and purified thee and preferred thee above all women. And if you go to the Muslim expositors, that statement, purified thee, means that Allah made sure that when Mary was conceived, she was conceived without any impurities, She was absolutely pure from conception until Allah took her. So Mary and Jesus are absolutely pure and sinless according to the Quran. And not only that, but even in the Hadith, there is a long narration about the last day, the day of judgment, where the Muslims will go to the prophets. I'm going to sum it up because I'm going to read the relevant part. On the day of judgment, Allah will be very angry and the Muslims are afraid to approach Allah without a shafi, an intercessor. So it says they go to Adam, and Adam says, nafsi, nafsi, my soul, my soul, why? Because Adam will remember his sin in eating of the forbidden tree. So then he says to them, this is all in Bukhari Muslim. I know, it's a funny hadith actually. And so then Adam says, go to Nuh, Noah. They go to Noah, they go, oh Noah, help us with before Allah. I'm, I'm giving you the gist, because it's too long to read, because I'm going to read the relevant part. Noah will remember that he had asked Allah to forgive his son and save his son. And Allah rebuked him. He's saying, my Lord is angry with me because I sinned in telling him to save my son. Nafsi, nafsi, my soul, my soul. Go to Ibrahim. Go to Abraham. So then they go to Abraham. Abraham will say, I, I sinned three times. He remembers and mentions three specific sins that Allah is angry with him over. So he's going to say, nafsi, nafsi, my soul, my soul, go to Moses. Right. They go to Moses. And Moses will remember that he murdered a man. And he's going to say, nafsi, nafsi, my soul, my soul, meaning myself. I can't help you. Allah is angry with me. I need help. Go to Asa. Go to Jesus. Now here, I'm going to read it from that part. Look what Jesus says. What, what the Hadith says, Jesus will say. This is... Sa'il Bukhari, the Sa'il collection of Al-Bukhari, translated by Aisha Buli, chapter 68, book of Tafsir. They will go to Isa, Jesus, and say, Ya Isa, O Isa, you are the messenger of Allah, and his word, which he cast to Maryam, and a spirit from him. You spoke to people while in the cradle, intercede with your Lord on our behalf, 
Do you not see that we are suffering? Esau will say, My Lord is angry today with such anger as he has never, ex- as, has never existed before, nor will again. And he did not mention a sin. So at least Muhammad was honest enough to say, Jesus is the only one who did not mention a sin because he had no sin to mention. So you'd think that would make him qualified, right? Yeah. No, but here's where Muhammad degrades Jesus. He has Jesus saying, go to Muhammad. And then the Hadith says, whose sins, past and future, have been forgiven. So now notice Disclaimer. Muhammad, but you notice Muhammad is honest enough to say, Jesus mentions no sin because Muhammad realized his absolute purity. But then has Jesus saying, go to Muhammad. And then has Jesus saying, Muhammad is a sinner whose sins were forgiven, both the past and future sins. So he admits, I'm a sinner and I needed my sins forgiven. Jesus is sinless, even though he'll still send them my way to intercede. It's an amazing hadith, really, and it's hilarious, actually, that it acknowledges that Jesus was sinless. It acknowledges that the prophets sinned so much uh, for the Isma uh, doctrine. And it acknowledges that Muhammad also sins past and future, but somehow he's the one who qualified right. to intercede. I, you you know? think the only one who qualifies Jesus. Now, let me read a couple more narrations from Muhammad about all human beings, including John the Baptist, Yahya, are sinners with the exception of Mary and Jesus. Why? Because there are some Muslims who say, well, hey, John the Baptist is said to be purity, zakatan. In chapter zakatan, 19, yeah. verse 13 of the Quran, it says that John was purity, zakatan. So does that mean he's sinless? Not according to the overall teaching of the Quran and the Hadith. Not according to the overall teaching of the Quran and Hadith. <clears throat> according to the Quran Hadith, even John, though he was pure, still wasn't absolutely sinless, unlike Jesus and his blessed mother. Where am I getting this from? In Sunan Ibn Majah, Sunan Ibn Majah, volume 5, Hadith 4251 in the English. This is a narration that's graded Hassan, meaning good. It was narrated from Anas that the Messenger of Allah said, Every son of Adam commits sin. Every son of Adam commits sin, and the best of those who commit sin are those who repent. This is also repeated in Jami al-Tirmidhi, even though this particular narration is da'if. Anas narrated that the prophet said, Every son of Adam sins, and the best of the sinners are the repentant. This is from volume 4, book 11, hadith 2499. Every son of Adam sins, and the best of sinners are those who repent. And then in Bukhari and Muslim, they say that every child that's born is touched by Satan, so that by the touch of Satan, they cry aloud, with the exception of Mary and her son. So every human son of Adam is a sinner, touched by Satan, taken by Satan, except Mary and her blessed son, Jesus Christ, according to the sound collection of narrations. So there you have it, folks. Jesus and Mary, absolutely pure and sinless. Everyone, including Muhammad, are sinners who need forgiveness. Amen. Amen. Um, and uh, basically, uh, we want to take the last few minutes here to talk about uh, also another important uh, uh, part of uh, Sam's ministry, uh, our ministry in general, and that's uh, Patreon and also ways to support the ministry. Uh, you've seen why we want to promote uh, our brother here uh, in terms of you joining his team as patrons uh, or joining our team because we uh, uh Take uh, basically uh, pride here at CIRA in bringing qualified speakers, guest speakers who know their topic, who know what they're uh, discussing, supported by evidence, you know, not just opinions, evidence. 
And that's why we uh, really we want to make an appeal here to you to uh, become part of his Patreon team. Brother, how can people support you on Patreon? And I think uh, the team is going to have it yes. also here for you on the screen. Yeah, I have a link to my Patreon page, which they can find on my YouTube channel. And it's right here. Everybody can see it Thank now. you, guys. Lord Jesus bless you. And I yeah. do appreciate your, your prayers and your support for my daughters and I. Because, again, we freely do this. We don't charge. But, again, as the Lord said, the labor is worthy of his wages. And if you count me worthy... A worthy servant of Jesus used by the Spirit, your support is much appreciated, as well as supporting brothers like Al Fadi, because he's a rare gift. Here's a man born in Saudi Arabia, used to be a Muslim, whose mother tongue is Arabic, who now is in love with the Lord Jesus Christ, Amen. and he's willing to die for Jesus Christ. This man is worthy of his wages as well. He is a treasure. And I don't just say it in front of him, but I didn't believe it, I wouldn't be here. A gift to the body of Jesus Christ, the church, and we need to honor him by praying for him and his family and to provide because we need more men like this doing the work of the Lord until the Lord comes or calls us home. So you can find my Patreon. They put the link there. And go to my YouTube channel, Shemunian, because I go in-depth on core doctrines of the biblical faith because not only do we need to refute Islam, we also need to then catechize Christians and Muslims coming out of Islam. They need to know the biblical basis for their faith, what the core doctrines of the Christian faith are, and know the biblical basis for them so they can be strengthened in the authority of Scripture and live out the truth of Scripture for the glory of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. So, Shemunian, they have my link. And please support this brother as well. Amen. And in our case, we started a campaign to um, uh, basically promote um, uh, the idea of uh, um, raising, if you wish, uh, partners uh, through Patreon and uh, started it at the last week of December. And we were asking for 100, uh, uh, basically, partners through Patreon. I'm pleased to tell you that we are down to 12 now. So basically, 88 have joined the team. Uh, hopefully, uh, uh, 12 of you will consider joining us. It's not really about the amount because you can give as little as $1, by the way. Yes. Uh, the exciting thing about uh, you being part of our Patreon team is like you'll have access to these videos, and you can share it also with others, and therefore we are maximizing the reach uh, of these videos, and hopefully even many of you have uh, Muslims uh, in uh, your own sphere that uh, may the Lord use these videos as tools through your ministry to reach Muslims for Christ. And we're getting a lot of wonderful reports from Muslims, by the way, who are uh, uh, basically disillusioned by uh, this whole uh, holes in the narrative thing, literally, hmm. and they begin to wake up to uh, this uh, realization, this fact that Islam is nothing but a hell trap, actually. You know, you follow Islam, you're going straight to the hell fire. Now, um, at the same time, uh, and I know they remind me usually to look at the camera, but that's okay. I am uh, basically speaking uh, to, to everyone here. Nevertheless, we, we want to make sure, folks, uh, that you take these videos seriously. Take these topics seriously. Take the references that we give you seriously. Uh, we're not here to mock mus uh, Muslims, by the way. We're exposing Islam, but we're not here to mock Amen. Muslims. And Amen. when we are harsh on some of them, when they come here, it's because they want to distract. This is the problem with our Muslim friends. They don't have an argument. They come just to distract. That's all they do. So derail the conversation as That's a right. result of this. 
no one is able to focus on a topic. So that's why we're harsh on some who come here for that purpose. And I can say we're harsh on anyone, by the way, who comes here for that purpose, whether you are Muslim or non-Muslim, yeah. because we want this channel to be educational for everybody and for yeah. everyone to benefit from it. So hopefully you'll take this uh, uh, basically at heart. Uh, we are going to conclude part two of our podcast, Let Us Reason. Uh, if you are joining us live, please stay around so that we can at least continue our discussion with you. We want to thank those of you who gave through Super Chat, like uh, Lillian Camus and others. And uh, we will interact with your questions as well. This is Al Fadi. God bless you.